today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's referring to those in the tribulation who behold this destruction and utter devastation unparalleled in human history, as Jesus would say it, a tribulation the likes of which has never been seen before, nor will ever be seen again. Unspeakable horror. But some people are going to behold all of this, and they're going to look up and cry out to God. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. There are some people in this world who delight in horror movies. They like to be scared or startled. But what Pastor J.D. is talking about today is something in the future that will be the most startling, shocking, and horrific experience anyone could ever imagine. You don't want to be an eyewitness to this reality. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 24 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We are looking forward to our study in Isaiah and Lord willing, we're going to complete three chapters. We finished chapter 23. We're going to pick it up in chapter 24 and make it through to chapter 26. And this for good reason. I think you'll see why here in a moment. And with that, why don't we begin with a word of prayer. If you would, please join with me. We'll ask God's blessing on our time together. Loving Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful to you. So thankful to you, Lord. Thankful for this time that we have. Lord, we want to posture ourselves before you as a needy people. We need you, Lord. We want to posture ourselves before you as hungry and thirsty, knowing that only you can satiate that. Lord, I just pray that this will be that that sanctuary, that place, that respite of sorts where we can just sort of catch our breath and settle our hearts as you minister to us, as only you can as you always do. So Lord, speak. Your servants are listening, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, sorry about the title here. It is what it is. God's wrath is coming. The three chapters are very interesting. I know I say that every week about every chapter. But this for a number of reasons, chief of which is that they deal with the coming wrath of God. And make no mistake about it, the wrath of God is coming. It has to. God has to judge this Christ-rejecting world, and this world is a Christ-rejecting world. If He did not, He is not just. God is just and God will judge, he has to. Now, what we're going to see 
in these chapters is what's known as the day of the Lord. There's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about what the day of the Lord is. The day of the Lord is when God pours out His wrath on the entire world. And we know that He's going to do this in that period of seven years, the seven-year tribulation, after the rapture. Once God removes His church, His bride, then He shifts the entirety of His attention to Israel for that final 70th week, that seven-year period of time in human history known as the seven-year tribulation. Now, much of what we're going to read can be found in graphic detail. (laughs) Uh, Reader discretion advised. In Revelation chapters 6 through 19, I mean some of the things we're going to read are actually in Revelation chapters 6 through 19. What's Revelation chapters 6 through 19 about? The seven-year tribulation. In fact, we've talked about what one has affectionately referred to as the divine outline in the book of Revelation in chapter 1, where the apostle John, there on the island of Patmos, it's believed to be about the year 95 AD, is told to write that which he has seen, that which is now, and that which is to come hereafter. Metatauta in the Greek meaning after these things. In other words, John, I'm going to give you this revelation, and I want you to record and write past what you've seen, present that which is now, and future metatauta, after these things. And therein is this divine outline in verse 19 of Revelation chapter 1. And then when you get to chapters 2 and 3, that's the present. We are living currently, presently, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Revelation 1 is past. What's Revelation 1 about? Jesus Christ crucified, resurrected, glorified, and seated at the right hand of the Father. Past. Present, chapters 2 and 3. What's chapters 2 and 3? Seven letters to seven churches. The church age, chapters 2 and 3, present. Chapter 4 verse 1 on is all future, all the way through to chapter 22, the last chapter in the book of Revelation. But interesting in chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, John is told after these things, after what things? After the events or the things of present chapters 2 and 3, the church age, after that, John is told to come up hither. I like that. That sounds good to me. He's caught up at what is the sound of the trumpet call, and he's taken up into heaven from chapter 4 verse 1 all the way through to the end of the book. All future. You know what I'm thinking? (laughs) You're thinking it too. I'm just going to say it. Chapter 4, verse 1 is the rapture. Uh, I know, I, I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but 
Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, the word church is found 19 times. Do you know how many times the word church is found after chapter 4, verse 1? You ready for it? Wait for it. (laughs) Zero. You know how many times in chapters 6 through 19, which deal with the seven-year tribulation, the word church is found? Zero. Why? Why is the word church not found in chapter 6 through 19, dealing with the seven-year tribulation? Because the church is not in the seven-year tribulation. Chapter 6 through 19, the tribulation. We're still on our divine outline. We're almost done. Chapter 20, the kingdom age, the millennium. We're going to see that tonight. Isaiah is going to talk about the kingdom age. Actually, it's going to be a song of praise during the millennium, that 1,000 year reign here on earth. And then chapters 21 and 22 are the new heavens and the new earth. That is the divine outline found in the book of Revelation. And so we're going to tap into the tribulation, chapter 6 through 19 of Revelation. We're also going to see chapter 20 of the book of Revelation as it relates to the kingdom age, the millennium. And (laughs) you know how when you were young and your parents would say, I got a surprise. What is it? Well, I can't tell you because if I told you it wouldn't be a surprise. There's a surprise for us. I can't tell you because if I told you it wouldn't be a surprise. But when we get to chapter 26, surprise, surprise. Can't wait. So let's jump in. You ready? Verse 1, chapter 24, Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste, distorts its surface and scatters abroad its inhabitants. And verse 2, It shall be as with the people, so with the priest. As with the servant, so with his master as with the maid, so with his mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the creditor, so with the debtor. Pretty much covers it all. You know what this is saying? It's pretty simple. The tribulation levels the playing field, as it were, It doesn't matter who you are or who you think you are. You may fancy yourself as having climbed the ladder of success, achieving prominent stature and prestige. Now, you're in there too. Doesn't matter who you are. Rich and poor, master servant, people priest, everybody, nobody, is off the hook. Verse 3, the land shall be entirely emptied and utterly plundered. And I love this, and we're going to actually talk about this, Lord willing, on Sunday in our study through Hebrews. For the Lord has spoken this word. That's why. In other words, (laughs) God said it. That settles it. And by the way, that's all he has to do, is speak the word, and it's done. Just at 
His word. He doesn't even have to do that. But when God speaks it, that's it. Done. It will happen. The earth, verse 4, mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth languish. Huh. Interesting, yeah? These uh, haughty people, without mentioning names, you know who I'm talking about. By the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but they think that they are gods. Nothing new under the sun, right? It's the same old lie with new wrapping paper on it. It's the serpent to Eve in the garden. You can become, God's holding out on you. You can become gods. These people think they are gods. And you don't think God, the only true and living God, is going to take note of that? Oh, he'll have the final word on that. I don't want to expound too much on this, but maybe I do need to say this, and I know I've shared this before, and I know it's candid, and it may make some feel uncomfortable, but knowing this, I'm very glad for a verse 4 in Isaiah 24 in our Bibles, because whenever I'm watching the TV on mute, it's always on mute now, uh, and I see these guys, and I just think, oh man, if it weren't for verses like Isaiah 24, 4, I would go out of my mind. Because you know, you're going to, God's going to have the final word. You're up there saying what you're saying and doing what you're doing. Who do you think you are? I can't wait. God's going to have the final word. It gets worse. Verse 5, the earth is also defiled under its inhabitants, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, verse 6, the curse has devoured the earth, and those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. The new wine fails, verse 7. The vine languishes. All the merry-hearted sigh. The mirth of the tambourine ceases. The noise of the jubilant ends. The joy of the harp ceases. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. In other words, during the seven-year tribulation, nobody going to be partying. The city, verse 10, of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up, so that none may go in. There is a cry for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. In the city, desolation is left, and the gate is stricken with destruction. 
When it shall be thus in the midst of the land among the people, it shall be like the shaking of an olive tree, like the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing. This is interesting. For the majesty of the Lord, they shall cry aloud from the sea. You know what this is referring to? It's referring to those in the tribulation who behold this destruction and utter devastation unparalleled in human history, as Jesus would say it, a tribulation the likes of which has never been seen before, nor will ever be seen again. Unspeakable horror. But some people are going to behold all of this, and they're going to look up and cry out to God. We're going to see that more here in a moment. Therefore, verse 15, glorify the Lord in the dawning light, the name of the Lord God of Israel in the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth, verse 16, we have heard songs, glory to the righteous. But I said, now it's almost like at this juncture Isaiah is parenthetically inserting his own emotions as intense as they are. And by that I mean it's like a parenthesis. Here the prophet Isaiah is prophesying that which is yet to come, describing the tribulation period. And he's kind of breaks from the narrative, breaks from the prophecy, and he just says very openly, man, I am ruined, ruined. Woe to me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Indeed, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. It's like Isaiah said, this just lays me bare. This just puts me down on my face. This just ruins me. Woe to me. Woe meaning a curse. I just, I, I am ruined by this. This is what's coming? Yes. Fear, verse 17, and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitant of the earth. And it shall be, verse 18, that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit. In other words, if you survive the whole fear thing, you're going into the pit. And he who comes up from the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare. In other words, you made it through the fear of the pit. Here comes the snare. For the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. The earth, verse 19, is violently broken. The earth is split open. This is Revelation. For more information, go to Revelation. Because <laughs> this is what Revelation describes. The earth is shaken exceedingly. The earth, verse 20, shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall totter like a hut. Its transgression shall be heavy upon it, and it will fall and not rise again. It shall come to pass, verse 21, in that day, that the Lord will punish on high the host 
of exalted ones, and on the earth the kings of the earth. They will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and will be shut up in the prison. After many days they will be punished. Now, this is interesting because some have suggested that this is actually referring to these demonic entities, these exalted ones. Others suggest that this is talking about what we would refer to today as the world's elite. How about both? Verse 23, then the moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed, for the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his elders gloriously. This is why, by the way, we need to have a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, wait a minute. I I get that we need a new earth, but a new heaven too? Yeah. Why? Oh, I think this is, uh... oh, in the prophecy update, Lord willing, uh, there's a uh, reference. Oh, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward. Uh, Just the Lord really, I just had a lot of time with the Lord this last two weeks. And the Lord just really ministered to me out of First Chronicles. And uh, I think it's Second Kings and First Chronicles, parallel passage. And there's a reference there to Satan's continued unfettered access to heaven. Did you know that? Did you know that Satan still has access to heaven? Now, don't lose any sleep over this. Just, I, you know, I'm just letting you know that Satan still has access to heaven. Ask Job about it. Actually, you're not going to have time or even be interested. (laughs) You know, we always joke about how, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask. No, you're not. You're going to be in heaven just, (sighs) even during the millennium. Here's what I'm thinking. We're reigning and ruling with Christ as His bride by His side for 1,000 years over the earth. I mean, we're just sitting there just, I mean, we're just in awe. We're in awe. And for all eternity, forever and ever, we're going to be worshiping Him. I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, because it's a song of praise in chapter 25. You know how when people talk about how that, uh, man, we're going to be worshiping God in heaven for all eternity? (laughs) What? Excuse me, in other words, you think it's going to be a got to and not a get to? You don't think for a second that in heaven you're going to want to stop worshiping Him for all eternity? Oh, we're going to be working too. That might mess some people up. You have to understand that work was blessed before the fall. God blessed work. Told Adam and Eve to work in the garden, be fruitful and multiply. And it was when sin entered the world that work was cursed, and that man would work by the sweat of his brow. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth.